All right, we are continuing our very short series, two-part series called Your Wonderful Life. And uh, for those of you that might have missed part one, just let me get you up to speed with a little bit of review. Uh, we talked about how people think that there's uh, no benefit in, in serving Jesus at an early age. There's no benefit. And there's, if there is, it's very little. And the world would even say, like, the way to live is to party as long as you can, do as much as you want, be as crazy as you want, and on your deathbed, try to get in and get in on grace. But we're trying to dispel that and realize that there's all sorts of value in serving Jesus your entire life, in knowing him as Lord and Savior. And we looked at the, the prodigal son story, and we looked at the older brother, and we realized that he didn't realize all the blessings that he should have had by being around the father. He should have realized, like the father said, all that I have is yours. There's a blessing for you to know me. And if you remember from last week, I talked about the illustration of my sister uh, that we found out, uh, I found out existed when I turned 18, that my mom gave up uh, her daughter for adoption and then she came and found us and she asked that question, what is mom like? And I realized I knew mom for years and years and she was just uh, becoming uh, someone that knew mom. And so we talked about knowing God for years and years. There's a value in being able to say, this is what God is like. There's some joy in that, in being in this relationship. And if you miss this, that being in relationship with God is the number one thing, that he's your loving heavenly father and you're in relationship with him. If you miss that that is the greatest reward, I could see where you would think like, you know, if you just get caught up in rules and, and fire insurance to not go to hell, and, you know, if you're just thinking about that, I could see where you're thinking, like, well, let's just wait. Let's just wait. But if you understand that it's relationship, that you're in relationship with God, you're saying, this is amazing that I get to have a long life of knowing God, and instead of trying to figure out how long I can wait to know him, I'm glad that I got to know him at an early age. And we really said the older brother just missed out on this. And I titled it Older Brother Syndrome, and then I tried to shorten it to OBS, and then I thought, no, that won't work. So, all right, but, but Older Brother Syndrome, all right, he had a bad case of it. And you don't want that. You don't want to think, like, there's no benefit in serving God. There's no benefit in being around because there's great benefits. And I want to point out those things to you today, that there are benefits that you are saved from, and there are benefits that you are saved into. Okay, uh, eventually we're going to get to Matthew chapter 20, but before we get there, I'm going to give you a few benefits that I see in following Jesus and living for Jesus for a long time. The first thing is this, uh, the Bible tells us that we get freedom when we follow God. You are actually brought into freedom. In John chapter 8, verses 32 through 36, Jesus is speaking, and he says, then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and we've never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we should be set free? Jesus replied, very truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you'll be free indeed. And you may not realize this, before you give your life to Jesus Christ, you are a slave to sin. Now you think because you're calling the shots that you're really in charge, but you're not. Your, your master, if you will, the devil, is allowing you to do all sorts of destructive things as long as it doesn't lead to you finding God. He lets you go your way and do whatever you want. You think it's amazing, but you're actually killing yourself and you're a slave to sin. 
Now, when, when you give your life to Jesus Christ, you finally get set free from this. I don't have time to go into it, but for those of you that saw the Matrix movie years ago, man, you were part of the system and you broke out, you ate the right pill and you got in on freedom, all right? And you thought you were living it up, but you weren't. You were really a slave of sin and you get set free. Now, for somebody to say, who cares if you get saved early or late, think of it in context of slavery. How dumb would that sound? Who cares if you were a slave for one year or 50 years? Really? If you gave somebody a choice, would you like to be a slave for a year or 50 years? That's an odd person that would say 50. I'd like to be a slave for 50. So when you think of it, in fact, of you're being set free and you're really getting the real life that you were made for, it makes sense. It's way more benefit to be free and get the real life in Jesus Christ at an early age. Another thing that you get from serving Jesus Christ a long time, you get community and you get family. John chapter one, verses 12 and 13, it says, yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God, children born not of natural descent, not of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. You become part of the family. You become part of the family. Again, put this in the context. Imagine that you're an orphan. You have no parents. You are waiting for someone to become your parent. And how illogical would it be for you to say, who cares if you wait until you're 30 to get parents or you find them when you're three days old or 30 days old? You see what I'm saying? It makes logical sense in that case. And we are part of the family of God. And it's a great joy to know that God's your heavenly father and that you found him at an early age. You weren't an orphan your whole life and your adult life. And finally, you got in on the family. You were part of the family at an early age and were raised understanding he's your heavenly father. Man, that is a joy and a blessing. There is the honor of being a child of God and knowing that and being able to like wear the uniform, if you will, and saying, man, I enlisted, I'm there, I'm a child of God. I wear it with pride and with honor that I get to serve the King of Kings. There are spiritual blessings from knowing God. When you know God and you know his word and you live by the principle of his word, I'm telling you what, you get wisdom. The things of the word of God are wisdom and blessing to you and you think different, you think like he does and there's a blessing to having that in you so that your default position goes to the things of God, not the things of the world. There's a blessing that when you read the word of God because you've known him at an early age, you see it as the foundation of your life, not which has to overcome what has been your foundation and kick it out. Does that make sense? There's, there's like a childlike faith when you have that, that w wisdom. There's the spiritual blessing of healing. Think about this. Because you know Jesus at an early age, you can go to God, your father, as your healer throughout your whole life. I think about this. I thank God that I knew him at an early age so I could experience the healings that I've experienced in my life, that I could experience the healings that my family has known, that we could experience the healing of Connor being healed miraculously of autism. Because I was in on faith early, I was able to apply that prayer of faith for healing and get miracles in my life that have changed my life forever. How many know I'm grateful that I'm saved at an age of seven rather than just finding Jesus today. I would have missed out. You would have missed out on all the healings that you, think about it. 
but because you knew him at an early age, you have a, a, just a, a resume of God's blessing on your life over and over and over and the miracles that you've seen and the financial breakthroughs that you've seen, all these things that happened to you because you were in at an early age. And even if you're not healed, because we believe that God heals, and at the end of service, we have prayer teams that'll pray for healing for everyone. We believe that God heals. And even if you're not miraculously healed in that moment, think of how valuable it is knowing that your pain and suffering can somehow be used for God's glory. That in your pain and suffering, it is not meaningless. There's gonna be something there. You're gonna understand God. And when you limp into church, when you wheel yourself into church, when you come in and you're faithful to God with whatever has set you aside in this world, there's something going on deeper than you ever could have imagined. How incredible it is that even our pain and our suffering have purpose if we're followers of Jesus Christ. There's the maturity that happens. Ephesians 4.15 says, instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. Think about this. You are a much better person serving Jesus at an early age and, then, and staying faithful with him. You do not have to become the self-centered egomaniac. Some of you should be thankful that you got saved in an early age, all right? Thank God that you can become mature and you can know and, and have a maturity. And like I said before, you have relationship with the Father. You are in relationship with God the Father. And this is the most amazing thing. When we give our lives to Jesus Christ, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 14 talks about that he puts a deposit in us, the Holy Spirit. You have a supernatural presence of God in you that you get to have in you walking through every day of your life. You are never alone. You are, how valuable would that be? You are never alone. Jesus will never leave you or forsake you. Other people go through life. They are alone. They have no spiritual presence of God. They may cry. They may weep. They may be in turmoil. They may have no friends. They may wonder, does anybody love you? You will never experience that because you will know that Jesus Christ loves you and you're never alone. If you could market that, as just a never alone blessing, what would the price be? What would the price be of just that alone? Man, it's an amazing thing that God has given us so many blessings we've been saved into, we've been saved out of. There are so many long-term blessings to serving God. Never, ever, ever let the world convince you that it's not worth it. Never. That's their strategy. That's their attack. They're showing you the buzz, but not the bottom. And they're trying to say, this is what it's all about. And it's not. It leads to death. You have the real answer. So we pick up a parable that a lot of people that have been saved a long time, followers of Jesus a long time, Christians a long time, okay, they know this parable and it bothers them. I can tell you what, it kind of bothered me too until I studied it and felt like God just revealed a whole new insight into this passage in Matthew chapter 20. Now, the reason that it bothers a lot of us, and spoiler alert for those of you who don't know it, the reason that it bothers a lot of us is because it deals with grace, okay? Because you got this guy that owns a vineyard, and he hires people early in the morning, middle of the day, late in the afternoon, and he pays them all the same, pays them all the same. And one of the workers complains about it, like, hey, this is not fair. You'll see it in a minute when I read it. And the owner of the vineyard's like, hey, 
what does it matter to you? I am gracious. I'm gracious. And if I want to give out things away like that, then I'm okay with it. You should be okay with it. It's grace. And so a lot of us read Matthew 20, and if you've been a follower of Jesus Christ, it kind of rubs you the wrong way because you're like, man, seems a little harsh, you know? I've been saved since I was seven, and it's like, tough luck, move on, you know? All right, so you probably have that attitude. Don't admit that you've got an attitude towards this, but a lot of us do. But I want you to understand this. It's amazing. The first part of it was grace, and we got to grab hold of this. It's grace, grace, grace. You did nothing to get into the family. You were born, you started to breathe, and you consumed resources. You are in the family. And you got to remember this. You did nothing, 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 but receive the great offer of grace to your life. Don't ever forget that. So that's part one of the parable, and a lot of us have that, and it still bothers us because we're like, man, same pay, same pay. All right, so let's read this and see if there's some fresh revelation for us. Matthew chapter 20, verse 1. Um, for the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire workers for his vineyard. He agreed to pay them a denarius for the day and sent them into his vineyard. About nine in the morning, he went out and saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing. He told them, you also go and work in my vineyard, and I'll pay you whatever is right. So they went. He went out again about noon and about three in the afternoon and did the same thing. About five in the afternoon, he went out and found still others standing around. And he asked them, why have you been standing here all day long doing nothing? Because no one has hired us, they answered. He said to them, you also go and work in my vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, call the workers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last one hired and going on to the first. The workers who were hired about five in the afternoon came and they each received a denarius. So when those came who were hired first, they expected to receive more, but each one of them also received a denarius. When they received it, they began to grumble against the landowner. Uh, these who were hired last worked only one hour, they said, and you've made them equal to us who've been bearing the burden of the work in the heat of the day. I mean, that just sounds logical, okay? That really does sound logical. But he answered one of them, I'm not being unfair to you, friend. Don't you, didn't you agree to work for a denarius? Take your pay and go. I want to give the one who has hired the last the same as I gave you. Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money, or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first, and the first will be last. Okay, so again, it's grace, it's grace, it's grace. God is gracious. Let's not ever, ever, ever complain about grace. I, I just guard your heart. If you've been walking with Jesus a long time, don't ever even say it. Like, I can't believe they got in, and they got in at the last possible moment. After all that they got to do, they got in. That's a horrible attitude. And it's not unique to us. I was realizing this when we were doing our soap devotions not that long ago. We read Jonah. And I thought it was interesting that when Jonah preaches for them to repent and they repent, he gets all mad and he's like, I see, I knew it, God. I knew you were gracious and slow to anger and you'd change your mind. And that's why I didn't even want to tell them about the good news. I mean, how dumb is that? And then he has like OBS in a real big way. He's like, kill me, kill me. I'd rather die than let them be saved. I mean, that's sad. That is really sad. Man, think about it. You finally found the love of a lifetime and then you complain that you found him too soon. That sounds really dumb, doesn't it? Try that on your spouse. Man, I really love you, but I wish I'd have found you later in life. 
I'd have messed around a lot, and then I'd have been faithful to you, you know? Man, how many love stories are written about people that never find their love? Never find them, and they just keep missing each other. And you're intrigued by the story because they came so close, and they never connected. And then finally, they connect. You found God at an early age. Thank God for that, and never, ever, ever complain that you found him too early. Thank God that other people get in. It's, it's, it's never right to procrastinate. It's not better to wait. Imagine somebody saying, I'm so glad that I, I waited till I found you to when I was 60 so we could get married. People don't celebrate, like, it took us so long to find each other. They celebrate, we found each other. We celebrated a silver anniversary, a gold anniversary. We celebrate longevity, and let's thank God for the longevity that we get to celebrate with them. And don't complain if others get in at the end. Now, you got to understand this. It seems to, from this parable, reinforce that wait until the last moment. It does, but it really doesn't if you understand the context. Here's the situation. These people were day laborers. They were the poorest of the poor. They stood at the same place waiting to be hired every day, looking for someone to give them a job. So every day they were doing that and they were looking for work. And can I say this? You were created to work. All of nature tells us that we are created to work. Everything's busy. You're busy as a bee, bees, busy as a beaver. Everything's moving, going, working, building nests, doing things. There's something genetically in you made in the image of God to work. There's something about that. Don't miss that. Those that got in earlier in this situation, though, those that got in earlier were more productive for their master. They were able to point to more things that they were able to do. They were able to say, I brought in this many bushels for you, for your glory. If you can think of serving God in this way, those of us that get in early are able to say to God, look what we did for you. It was never about the workers. It was about the one they were working for. And thank God that we get to work for somebody who's incredible. And we get to say, look at what I was able to do for you. And there's going to come a day, and I don't understand it all the way, but there's going to come a day where we're going to stand before God and we're going to lay down our works before him. He's going to try them, wood, hay, or straw, and gold, silver, and precious coins. And there's something about it that we're going to be able to give as a gift to him. There's going to be a day, and those that have been serving him a long time will be able to lay something before him. And I don't understand it all the way, but we're going to be rewarded for the things we do. And we can say, God, look what I did. I want you to think of this like, thank God if you can wear the badge of honor that you were employee number one. Do you think employee number one, do you think employee number one at uh, Nike, Jeff Johnson, do you think he doesn't wear that as a badge of honor? that he was employee number one and he came up with the name Nike and that he retired at age 41 because the stock had done so well. He probably walked around Nike and was pointing at his badge. Number one, I was employee number one. I got in early. I got in before it was famous. I got in. Do you think that all the employee number ones in whatever company, you don't think they celebrate? Man, I got to do things. I thank God for employee number ones around this church. Member number one. I thank God for that. People that were here back in the day that set up and did set up and tear down before we ever had one building. Do you know that before we ever had a building, before we ever had all this, we started to do a, a midweek Wednesday night. We didn't even have a kitchen in this building in Apple Valley. 
And my mom and dad used to make dinner at their house and bring it to church for everyone. I thank God for that. Man, they can walk around. My mom can walk around, and, and she should almost have a, a little badge that says, you know, uh, old timer, you know. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> thank God for that. I thank God for those people that kept the lights on here before we had intelligent lights. You kept the lights on. Wear it as a badge of honor. And if we can wear it as a badge of honor in a company or in a church or wherever, let's wear it as a badge of honor serving the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. I've got some people that are going to help me with an illustration. I want uh, Jim and Camille to come on up here for a minute here. And if they could come on up. I just want you to understand what it's all about to work and to serve the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And I thank you guys for coming up here. They've got some candles with me, and I just want you, you know, we are supposed to go ahead and shine our lights before men so that they'll see our good works and glorify our Father in heaven. That's what the Bible tells us to do. And so I've asked them to come on up here and just go ahead and face these guys. And, and uh, just so you know, Camille, she gave her life to the Lord when she was 10 years old, and you're 13 now. Jim waited until he was 38 years old to give his life to the Lord. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Our church is all about finding people at the young age and the old age and any age. We thank God wherever you come into faith. But here's the thing that's wrong right now with this. Um, you need to change candles here. If you could just give me this one and change it out. If you could take that one. Okay? Because this is what is going on right now. Camille is 13, and she's got a large candle and a long life to live before God and shine her light before the world so they can see the good works and glorify her Father in heaven. Jim, your candle's a little smaller. Oh, boy. I thank God that it's been shining. And you may not know this, but Jim's our business administrator. And he said to me when, when I hired him a few years ago, he said, I want to give my remaining years of work to a church that will make a difference that's going somewhere, and that's why I'm excited to do that. So he's like, hey, the candle may be shorter, but I'm going to burn it bright. But can I tell you this? Listen, yeah, and that's good. Thank God for that. Thank God for that. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Camille's friends in high school will be able to know where her light is for Jesus Christ. Jim's never knew. Jim served in the military. It's a whole other story. He was supposed to be a chaplain's assistant and didn't want to do it, so he changed to being in the typewriter group. <laughs> now you're at a church. Yes, amen to that. <laughs> none of his military men and, and women, none of them, none of the other soldiers knew his faith because he didn't have it yet. Jim worked at Sears Corporation before he worked for the church. No one. No reward for that. But he's burning bright now. Camille has an opportunity to say, I will let my light shine before men that they can see the good works and glorify my Father in heaven. Camille is saying, God, I'll bring the biggest reward that I can bring to you. I will do everything I can to shine. That's the idea. That's the thought that we need to have. God, help us to have a long life of shining for you. And whether you come in early or come in late, I pray that your light would shine before God so bright that everyone would see it and say, thank God that I can get in on grace at this moment. Thank you guys for helping me. Can you give them a hand for helping? It's a joy to be chosen early. It's a joy to be chosen early. 
One more thing from this text. These day workers were there. And I want you to understand when the master comes and he says, why are you idle? Why aren't you working? I want you to understand the context is not that they were lazy. The context is no one had hired them. No one had told them that there was work that they could do that would be valuable. Nobody had invited them in. And here's what's going on. In their mind, they are standing there saying, I need work. I need hope. The people that were hired early got to go through the whole day saying, thank God I have work. Thank God I have hope. Do you understand that it's a huge blessing to live your whole life knowing that you have hope and knowing that you don't have to go looking for hope. The people that didn't have a job were saying, my day doesn't matter. The people that were hired said, my day matters. I'm making a difference. Think about that. My day doesn't matter. My day matters. The people that had a job said, I will feed my family tonight. The people that didn't have a job, here's what they were thinking. My family could die. My family could be lost forever. If I don't work today, I have nothing for my family. And the fact that they were there at the last possible hour to be hired shows how desperate they were. Here's what they were thinking. How do I go home to my family? I've been gone all day. I never found work. My wife is going to think that I had hope, that I had work, that I'm bringing something back. I have nothing. And they were desperate. If that is not a picture of the world, desperate, saying, I haven't found it. I've been waiting. I've been looking. I've been trying other things. Thank God that you found work. Thank God that you found meaning. Thank God that he called you at an early age. Thank God that you didn't have to go through the pain and the suffering of that. And for those of you that are unemployed, I prayed for you this week. I prayed that you would find a job because the pain of not knowing where you're gonna take care of your family is so strong. But the pain of not knowing your Lord and Savior, that's a real pain that the world is living with. They are chasing after things and sometimes they don't realize that they're lost and sometimes they're chasing after shiny things and the devil is the master of the diversion, get them caught up in all these things but at the end of the day, they have no hope, they have no meaning, their life doesn't have a purpose. But thank God that those of us that get in on faith have a purpose. We don't have to know the poison of the world, the fear of the world, we don't have to know being left out. What a joy it is to be chosen I don't know if you've ever been the last one standing there in a line where you pick teams and you're like, we'll pick them, we'll pick them, you get down to the last two and you're like, well, here we are, the two unchosen. One of us is the worst. Man, that's not fun to be there. And the world is sitting there saying, I don't know if I'll ever have a purpose. I don't know if anyone will ever choose me. And the beautiful thing about Jesus Christ is he says, I choose you, I choose you, I choose you, I give you grace. If we know Jesus, we ought to be the most grateful, thankful people. We ought to wake up every day with a smile on our face. God, thank you for choosing me. Thank you for offering me grace. Thank you for all I did is receive it. Thank you. Thank you for giving me purpose. Thank you for giving me meaning. Thank you for giving me wisdom. Thank you for the healing. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Wow, I found love at an early age and I didn't have to go through the pain and the suffering of this world. Thank you, God. The people that are saved the longest should be the happiest.
You should be the happiest because you were kept from those other things. And I thank God that we have young and old all coming to faith. Man, what a joy it is to be in a church like this. What a joy it is to see our kids growing up in the ways of the Lord and to see people given an opportunity to give their life to Jesus Christ. It is awesome. We celebrate that. Would you bow your heads with me and close your eyes here and at all of our campuses? Heavenly Father, it is, a, it is a privilege, it is a privilege, it is a privilege to know you. It's an honor to serve you. It's an honor. It's a joy to know that our life has meaning. It's a joy to know that we have hope and, and a family and we get to make a difference and we get to live for you and that our life matters. And we say thank you. We say thank you. And God, I pray for those that are saved at an early age. May they shine bright. May their large candle burn forever. And may they dispel just tons of darkness. And I thank you, God, for those that are here with a short candle. It's never too late to get started. It's never too late to get in on grace. It's never too late to make a difference. It's never too late to say, God, I will do something for your kingdom. And so I thank you for that. Whether we're young or whether we're old, let us shine bright for you, God so the world can know you as Savior. But thank you, thank you, thank you for the privilege of serving you and working for you. What a joy. Let us never lose that. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen.